0: Hello. Shalom, everyone. We are back at it again with another episode of Kingdom Conversations, the women's edition. I am one of your co-hosts, Alicia Halliburton, and I'm here with my other beautiful co-hosts, Toy Anderson and Crystal Fulton. And we have another exciting and power pack episode. So today we're going to be talking about mental health, uh, emotional wellness, trauma, and we're going to start it off by actually referencing a post that I came across on social media. We, we also maybe talk about like suicidal thoughts, depression, PTSD, and we never want to minimize the, the fact that people are experiencing these things, that they are very real. And if you are experiencing these, then you should get help. And so as ambassadors, what we want to do is kind of talk about what that help could look like and where healing and wholeness comes from. But also, we just want to encourage anyone who may be listening, who is dealing with any any types of things that we may uh, mention or may not mention, that you would seek appropriate help. So just wanted to put that out there. And now I guess we can jump right into it. Um, In our last session, it it was a little bit of a touchy subject. We were talking about healing from trauma. We were talking about wholeness. So if you guys have not heard that episode, I would definitely encourage you to check it out because this one is almost like a part two. So we're going to be talking about dealing with trauma. You know, there are, I mean, just going throughout life. You just never know what life is going to throw at you. You just never know. Even as kingdom ambassadors, you know, scripture talks about how many are the afflictions of the righteous, but Jehovah delivers them out of them all. He never said that everything was going to be hunky-dory and peachy king all the time, right? So we all experience different aspects of life and it is important as kingdom ambassadors to know how to deal with it and how to become whole.
1: Just to interject real quick, Alicia. One thing is that we're not victim blaming. It's not your fault. Like we're not saying, you know, it's so many ideas about like, oh well, I shouldn't have been wearing this, or you shouldn't have did this. And we understand that there are consequences. But being sexually assaulted or whatever trauma you may have been may have experienced, we're not saying it's your fault. We're just saying, you know, how you deal with it afterwards. So I just want to be clear about that because this victim Mm -hmm. blaming is a very thin line, I should Mm -hmm. say.
0: Yes, absolutely. To kind of kick us off, I just wanted to read a quick post that I saw. And it's been been a while since I've seen this quote, but it stuck with me. So I want to know, ladies, kind of what you think about it. And it reads, trauma is not your fault, but healing is your responsibility. So that's one rendition of it. And then the revised rendition of it is, trauma is not your fault, period, and it scratches out the part, but healing is your responsibility. So my question is, where do you put the period? Do you feel like you should include both of those parts? Do you agree, disagree? How are we
2: feeling ladies? What do we think? For me, um, it would be the healing part that needs to be included, that um, healing is up to me make sure that I'm constantly walking and healing and wholeness mm-hmm. as opposed to just saying, okay, well, this happened to me, then i'm I'm healed from it because I'm not thinking about it anymore. or it's a non-issue, but it's something that you really actively have to constantly, as far as like healing in the mind and in your thoughts. so.
1: Um, definitely um, healing is your responsibility. When you read that Alicia reminded me of an event that I did like two, three years ago and I titled it, you are responsible for you. And we ultimately were talking about that healing is your responsibility and i always think about that when i think about when it comes to healing that if somebody were to wreck was to hit me you know wreck my car and i have all type of physical damage to my body and i have to go to physical therapy i'm responsible for getting up and going to physical therapy even though it may not have been my fault that they hit me in that car but I gotta call the insurance for my car I gotta figure out a way well depending on the insurance you have to figure out a way to get those bills paid and you gotta get yourself to physical therapy so that your body can heal and so one thing that I think about is that people don't see emotional fit when they when I think about emotional healing and physical healing they put it in two different categories and they're different but the same you still have to give just how you give your physical body attention you got to give your emotional, that emotional part of you attention as well. So yes, healing is your responsibility because if a, a simple solution to my body was going to get physical therapy and I'm like, well, I'm not going to physical therapy because that wasn't my fault. They hit me. People would say I was crazy. And, and I'm not trying to focus on that, but at a certain point we do have to take some form of responsibility in how we handle things and how we choose to heal or choose to stay in that situation, so yeah, that's my take on that.
0: Yeah, that's that's really good, and I love the analogy that you use, um, and then also just focusing on the the fact that it is a choice. Just like you know, the father, he has given us free will, and we have to choose to accept him. And so, as him being our creator, like yes, the first step is to make that choice, and then I guess the only thing that I would say, like. weighing in on the post as far as healing being your responsibility is that we cannot heal ourselves that yes we make the choice and then we accept the father um, because he is he is the great physician he knows how to heal us that doesn't come from within it comes from him so that's the only thing i probably would add but absolutely i i get where you where you ladies are coming from and i think that was a that was a great um analogy and so my question to you is, what has been your biggest lesson about healing from trauma? Who wants to go first?
2: Gosh, my biggest lesson, um, I would say for me, is actually coming into the knowledge of knowing that there's a difference between healing and wholeness. Um, like I said in the previous podcast, I thought healing, once you were healed, that was it. But realizing that there's, you have to walk in wholeness and what made me realize that was it was a teaching that Dr. Renee did on wholeness. And she used the example of the man with the leprosy and how he was healed, but how 10 of them were healed. Um, but only one came back and gave thanks to the father and praised the father. And I use that as my example of how I wanted to walk in my healing by constantly thanking the Father. Like, thank you, Lord, that I'm healed. Thank you that um, I'm healed of Yehovah. You know, just constantly thanking him, constantly going to him. That has been like the major milestone in me healing from things that I've experienced. So that was one, that's one of my biggest lessons is actually knowing that there's a difference between wholeness and healing and actually walking in it so having the knowledge and actually doing the work because healing honestly healing is work it's work
0: yeah that's so true I remember uh my mom so she she created something called the healing room and I remember her asking a question like who's excited about this and I'm thinking I am not excited (laughs) <laughs> ah, and i can laugh about it now but i i in that moment i was like i know what's coming like i know there are some more layers that are going to be exposed and peeled back because just like you were saying um that you know there's a difference between healing or being on that journey to healing and what i also like to insert in that is coping like a lot of people may be coping um, but that doesn't mean mean that you're a whole. So we definitely can talk more about that. But Tori, what about you? What is your biggest lesson about healing from trauma?
1: Well, I did, before I answer, I did want to say, Christy, you are right about it taking work. It's almost like it's easier to stay with the trauma than to put in the work to heal because it's not fun. You got to deal with stuff. And it's, a, it, it's just a lot of work. And people, I feel like, especially in the way our society is now, uh, we talk about healing. Let's heal. Let's do this. Let's do that. But they don't, people don't give you the nitty gritty of what that looks like to heal. They talk about coping. They talk about what it's like to be on the other side, but not the actual going through it. Like it is not, fun it's just like why did I like you Alicia like why did I open this up like I should have just left it where it was and kept on going but I definitely like I I get that it's a lot of work but my biggest lesson from healing y'all it was and it's funny but it's not funny but the way you treat your spouse would tell you if you are healed or not and when I started thinking about that I was like man you can really be punishing somebody for something that they didn't even do. And what's crazy about it, you don't even know why you're punishing that person. Healing from trauma, like, it really forces you to look at yourself and, you know, evaluate yourself and, like, what's really going on? So, yeah, not to go too far, but, yeah, that was (laughs) that's my biggest lesson from trauma.
0: Yeah, that's good. And I I think about, um, you know, when you were talking, you said something, Tori, that, sometimes it's easier to hold on to trauma than to let it go. And, you know, I've been there and I, I also see that fruit, unfortunately, in so many people's lives, whereas we would rather have that pretty Band-Aid. And we would rather, you know, and when, when I think of a Band-Aid, I think of those coping, you know, strategies and the things that make us feel better. And a lot of times it's easier to, fall into that role whereas we look at the big bad wolf and what they did to us and you know think about oh why me why did this happen to me and focus just on you know what happened and antagonizing the other person when we could be using that energy to submit that to the father to you know receive his cleansing ask for forgiveness forgive ourselves like it's, it's so many other things that we could be doing other than looking at that pretty bandaid and switching out for oh Blue one. Let me get some pink one. Like we've spent so much time on coping. But like you said, Tori, once we're on that journey to healing and we have to look at that ugly scar, we have to deal with, you know, the wounds that were opened up, not just cover them up. It is painful because and you hit it right on the head. In those moments, i realized it was me. I really had to make some adjustments in the way that I did things. And, you know, I'm thinking about that post again, like, no, it was not my fault, whatever happened, but the way that I'm reacting, the way that I'm treating people, the way that this is still coming up and impacting my spouse impacting the way that I, you know, treat my children, that is something that I have to take accountability for. So I'm so glad that you said that, but I I did want to share my biggest lesson and my biggest lesson when it related to healing was not believing the enemy's lies that I wasn't healed because there was a time when, you know, I would went through all the motions, like father, forgive me, help me in this area, you know, all these things doing great. And then something would happen or a thought would come. And I would be like, wait, I thought I was good. I thought, you know, this was over. Like, why is this thought coming? When in reality, the problem isn't the fact that the thought came, it was how I responded to it. And I just interpreted that because the thought came, then that meant I wasn't healed. Oh, now I'm feeling guilty. Now I'm like, oh, I thought, you know, I was past this. And the enemy wanted me to get in that trap of guilt when all I had to do was say, no, devil, you're a liar. I am an overcomer. I am, you know, healed from this. I'm not going to allow this to uh, wreck my mood, wreck my day. I'm not going to allow that person, that anger, that doesn't live in my heart anymore. I'm not mad at them. I forgave them, you know, and just remind Satan and remind those thoughts, like, you can't, you can't, you gonna you have to come stronger than that. Like that, that's not going to work this time. And so once I realized that, and once I began to confess the word and speak that the thoughts came less and less and less. So that is one of my biggest lessons.
1: Yeah. And and even as you were talking, Alicia, one thing that was coming up was addictions and just how trauma, we definitely have to be careful. I love how you mentioned those thoughts. and When you start speaking to them, they start coming less and less. We have to be aware of the enemy's tricks. Because, you know, you do one thing like food can become addiction. Drugs can become addiction. Anything can become an addiction. And it can stem from the root of something that traumatized you or some Mm -hmm. trauma that you experienced. So I definitely wanted that was
2: just kind of coming up to mention that. So,
0: yes, absolutely.
2: Crystal, did you have anything to add? Yeah, actually, the first part of what you were saying, Tori, um, I was actually speaking to someone last week and I was sharing with her something that happened to me where I was upset about something and I really just went before the father and I was like, when is this going to stop hurting? I'm just like, I just, I'm ready for this to stop hurting. And what I heard from him was when you stop letting it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I need to change the way I think about it. And then like Tori was using that analogy, I use the analogy with the lady that I was speaking with. I was like, it's like being burned. Like, let's say you got burned by somebody. It's not your fault that you got burned, but let's say you put butter on that wound. Well, we know butter, honestly, on a burn just actually makes it burn even more. It cooks it. So it makes it burn even more. It festers that wound. So I was like, so it's just like sitting in butter and just letting it burn at what point do you wash off that butter and just stop the um, effects of the burn? So Tori, when you were talking, I thought about me telling that lady and um, she was really impacted by that. And not only she was, but I was when the father really just spoke to me. and was just like, when you stop letting it hurt, that's when it's going to stop hurting.
0: So what do you guys think are some signs that that you're not healed or, because Tori, you, you, you said a big one, like how you're treating your spouse. But I'm also just wondering, how do you know? How do you know that you still have some work to do?
1: Well, I would say triggers. You definitely need to be aware of triggers. And I I used to, I just used to just, yeah I just used to feel some type of way about triggers because I felt like it was being taught in this way that, oh, triggers are normal. There's a difference between having a thought and pulling it down and mm-hmm. something triggering you and your your emotions, like your state, everything just just physically changes. Like I give an example when I was going through my healing and not to go into de- too many details, but my husband touched me one day and that just reminded me of a sexual assault that had happened when I was younger. And I like completely shut down. And mm-hmm. at that time. I didn't realize what was going on. I didn't know anything about triggers. At that point, I was still like running from it. I was like, we ain't dealing with this. Like, we finna keep going. And the point that I'm trying to bring it back around to is that when it changes you to that extent, then that's something that's telling you that this is something deeper going on. Mm -hmm. Like, this is telling you that you're not healed from it. Like, it's still festering under the surface. And I really feel like triggers just try to get your attention, but- Our society has normalized them so much.
0: That's a really good one. And I'm thinking about another analogy is like the water hose analogy, right? So the only time that you know when the hole, where the hole is, is when there's pressure applied and then shoot, it just shoots out, right? So that is, and and I want to clarify something because, you know, what I was saying earlier about like what I've learned, I also know that when that pressure is applied and when that water comes out or or whatever, when those triggers come, it's really showing you where you are. So the the differentiation is like, kind of like Tori, you were saying how those those triggers and you had that emotional reaction. And really, that was an indication of this is an area that I need to continue, you know, continue working on right? Versus what I was saying earlier is I had already worked on that thing. I had beat that thing down. I had, you know, like, and, and it was more a matter of confidence and it was more a matter of pulling a stronghold down versus like I'm ignoring it. So we don't want to ignore when those things come back up. So I'm glad that you brought up triggers. And another one that I thought about was anger. Another one is, sarcasm I used to downplay a lot or even kind of make light or make jokes about certain things that were still bothering me but I will just try to you know cover it up and act like you know everything's good and so it would come out as a joke or sarcasm but really that was my pain and another one that I thought about was being antisocial. you remember when like the whole thing was going around like no new friends why not Why you don't want no friends? Like, what's wrong with friends? You know, and it's really, I really feel like for some people, it was because maybe they were in a situation to where they got hurt or, you know, they they felt like they had to protect themselves or guard themselves. So anyway, that's just one example. It doesn't apply. You know, I don't want to be dramatic. It doesn't apply in all situations, but those may be, those may be some.
2: I was also going to say, you kind of touched on it was the silent treatment, running away from the problem not being up front and facing it head on. For
0: sure. I mean, sometimes it's just easier to do. Kind of like Tora was saying, like it's, it's easier to just not even look at it. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good one. So do you guys feel like there's been an instance where your past hurt was impacting the way that you view or deal with things currently? And if so, how did you address that?
1: Like currently, as in in my present life, or it doesn't have to
0: be like today, but like you actually already gave a great example of that. Um, how you know you were talking about that trigger that happened with you, and but you didn't share like how did you
1: deal with it, or I didn't. I shut it down for like another two years and it came right back up. And yeah, at that point, I was getting knowledge though, so I started dealing with it, but. Yeah, um, I actually had an example and I just, I just forgot it. So come back to me because it may come back. (laughs) Okay, Crystal, did you have, did you have an example of that?
2: Yeah, I have, there was one trigger that I had. I didn't realize that it was one, but the way I had dealt with it was, like you said, anger. I got upset. I got mad and I acted outside of the character of Elohim. I just let the enemy just have his way. But once I realized it was a trigger and once I came into the knowledge of wholeness and I really allowed Elohim to work on me, I realized that that trigger only had the amount of control and power that I gave it. And once I, like you said, speaking the word, speaking the word over that situation, because it came back and like you said, it, it'll show you where you're at. I realized that when I started speaking the word over myself, I had a level of peace as opposed to anger, And I was like in such a better place within myself. So it was the trigger involved somebody else. So it was just like, okay, just because they did this particular thing does not mean I have to react that way. And when I feel that reaction trying to come, let me just speak the word over it. Let me go before the father and be like, Lord, this is what I'm feeling. I want your emotion. I know that I am healed. And speaking over that, I was able to just sit down and be chill like and be cool and I was fine. So having that experience, it was like, for lack of better words, it was like my, it was my high. Like, it was just like, I want to feel this all the time when something like this happens. Like, I want this peace all the time.
0: And we're promised that, you know, the scripture talks about how he'll give us peace that surpasses all understanding. Like, it doesn't even make sense how, I am chill right now, but I am. So, and and it really just is a testament to Elohim's faithfulness and how when we do surrender those things to him, you know, he said, cast your anxieties on me for I care for you, right? So when you make that exchange, how that should be, you know, the results. I'm glad you said that. And something else you said made me think about how feelings are not facts. Feelings are temporary, we i think we put way too we give them too much credit we give them way too much credit um and you know when we are depending on like our feelings and really it's like the sense realm what we can see what we can feel you know the taste and touch but this our spirit is eternal and it doesn't change it's not you know this up and down and you know so even when and i'll give an example of like when i have my children Um, And, you know, Tori, you kind of touched on this in the last episode, but those hormones are raging, like it's a lot of um, up and down and, you know, and all of those things. And I had some days where I was like, man, I just feel like I'm drowning. Like, I don't know what is going on with me, but this is not me. And I think it's important that we know this is not me. Like these feelings that, yes, it is true that I may be experiencing this. But it's not the truth because greater is he that isn't because, you know, the father, he has created me to overcome every circumstance, every thought, every feeling, all of that. So, you know, I think that's important, too, is to be able to speak the word over yourself, over your mind, over your feelings. I love what you said, Crystal, like, father, I need to make the exchange. I, I don't want these feelings and these emotions. Help me through this and allow me to have your emotion. So
1: I, I love what you said about that. And one thing that I wanted to mention, both of y'all talked about, you know, just being in a position to ask the father, like, I want your emotion. And, and the thing is, is that as ambassadors, we got to know who we are. We got to know our position. We have to know that, like you were saying, Alicia, like we have a right to be healed. We have a right to be whole. We have a right to have that peace that surpasses all understanding. But part of that also knowing that, you know, because in being that we are talking about trauma, if you allow it, trauma will destroy you from the inside out. It will slowly destroy you, but you give it permission to do it. So you can give that trauma permission to come in and destroy you or you can say, father, heal me. Like, but also that just goes back to knowing who you are, but also being confident when you say, Father, heal me and knowing that you're, that you're healed, because you can say, Father, heal me all day long. And if you don't believe it, then just stay where you at. Just go see the psychiatrist out here and let them help you because you going in with and not to get too far off, but going in with unbelief you ain't doing nothing. You wasting your time to be completely honest. So we have to know who we are. And we have to believe that before we speak those words over ourselves. Cause I know one scripture that I used to met that I used to just think on all the time. And it really helped me was, I think it's John 1633. And it was, uh, in this world, you may have trouble, but take heart. Uh, I have overcome the world. And I spoke that word over myself like that really, I was, Y'all, I was, uh, I was messed up, like, for real. Like, it was just a lot of just emotional hurt and trauma. But also knowing that as an ambassador, I can speak that word and apply it to my life and move on. And that's what we have to know. Like, we have to know our rights and who we are. So yeah, and just also, just be confident in, in, in the fact that you are an ambassador. Like, be yeah. confident in the fact that you do have rights. Because the enemy is, the, your spirit not going to tell you that you weak. Your, your spirit ain't going to tell you that because it doesn't align with the word. So just checking those thoughts all the time. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. I was thinking when you were talking, I was thinking of that scripture that whoever comes to the father, first, you have to believe that he exists. That's step one. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So. First, we do have to uproot that unbelief, and that ties into the last episode. You know, that post is like, you can love Jesus, and now I can't even remember how it went, but essentially it was doubt. And the Father cannot operate in that. So we do have to learn. I mean, it always comes back to this learn the laws, learn our privileges, our benefits, learn who we are. And then we can boldly and confidently come to the Father and say, hey, I'm just here to make a withdrawal. <laughs> I'm here to collect my benefits. Like, I mean, and and and, and he will honor it because that's what his word says. And it, it happens every time. And we are all living testaments and witnesses that it is true. But until you believe it for yourself and learn those laws and, and apply them, then it'll just be the merry-go-round over and over.
2: One of the things that I used to say back in the day was your perception is your reality. And- it's so true. But what I feel like is the first step is realizing that your your reality can be a false reality. And I think that's the hardest part mm-hmm. is realizing that my reality could be false. And nobody wants to admit that the way that they believe could be false. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to believe that the way that I believe is perfect. It's right. It's but if it's not of the father, it's false. That's all I wanted to add.
0: Nope. That's good. That is true. So next question is uh, how do you ladies feel about the same that you can forgive,
2: but don't forget? Elohim. He said that he forgives our transgressions as far as the East from the West. So the East and the West never meet. I mean, he doesn't remember our sins. As long as we're, we ask him for forgiveness, then why should we hold on to somebody else's sin against us? That kind of puts us in a level of thinking that we're above the father Mm. because we're holding somebody else's forgiveness against them. And he doesn't do that with us. And something else that came to mind was a lot of people. And I know I've done this in the past where I use that as a crutch to stay in bitterness, or to rationalize where I was. That's all I want to say right now, but I have a lot to say about that, but I'll let Tori go ahead and go.
1: You can keep going. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm like, my ears open. No. But it was, it was really
0: good. That's why I say that. Really well, good. I'll
2: just say this. When you use that to like rationalize your bitterness, like some people find being bitter and being hurt, as I believe you said it, um, Tori, like that's their comfortable place. It's, it's comfortable. I don't want to get outside of my comfort zone, even though it's hurting me, it's killing me on the inside. It's comfortable. Actually forgiving and being happy is scary because that means that I have the ability to get hurt all over again. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to feel that pain anymore. So I'll just stay here. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's it's so detrimental. And it's a belief system that has to be uprooted from the root as opposed from, okay, well, I'm just going to, I just I'm I'm gonna forgive them halfway. I won't forget what they did. I'll just halfway do this thing. So yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, oftentimes I feel like people think because I've forgiven a person means we have to be friends now. You don't have to forgive somebody and be besties anymore. You know, you and 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 even. And even, I think Alicia, you said this analogy that even with concrete, if it's broken, and even if they take it and they heal it, you can still see that scar. Did I say that right? Or you can see, I don't know. But anyway, I'll
0: take credit, but i take credit, but that was not my work. But it sounds like a wonderful, wonderful
1: statement. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you can genuinely forgive somebody, but y'all don't have to be friends. You can genuinely forgive somebody, and, and that doesn't mean that y'all are even holding on to whatever happened, but people do have this idea that just because I've forgiven you that we're, we're going to be best friends forever and ever, and that's just not always the case, you know, because I'm not trying to come off like I'm saying I've forgiven but I'm not forgetting like you do. You move on. You don't hold that against them. You know, you can still forgive somebody. And if they come around, you be cordial. You talk to them. But it's not like, oh, I remember what you did to me five years ago. So I'm not going to talk. Yeah. I mean, does that make sense? What I'm
0: trying to say? like, is- It definitely it definitely makes sense. And I agree. But also, I think that we're almost good at that. I think that it's more people who believe that you could never be best friends and have never experienced Mm -hmm. the full restitution and even that it is possible to, you know, and you know, this may even seem cringy when I say it, but even that person who was your sexual offender, that you can talk to them and have a relationship with them and be restored. That is possible. Right, but, but
1: be careful because they're gonna come after you on that, they're gonna say, um, It's all kind of uh, Stockholm. <laughs> please, but, yeah, please I come. agree.
0: Because as a kingdom ambassador, again, I mean, I'm, I'm reminded of what Crystal was just saying like, who are we? Sometimes you know, we do almost put ourselves and our pain and the thing, like, because that was so terrible with it, and it was. Let me please hear me and understand me, you know, clearly, like, yes. That was dead wrong. Yes, that was, I mean, terrible. However, you know, who are we? Am I the judge? Like, it's not my responsibility to send that person to hell. Right. You know, it's, it's my responsibility to make sure that, that my heart is clean. And, and just think of how powerful it even could be. By us showing love to that person and by us, you know, truly walking in forgiveness and in wholeness, that may be what that person needs to get right themselves. Because isn't that what we would want? Wouldn't, you know, the father, he wants all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. Not, you know, he, he doesn't exclude the rapist, he doesn't exclude the murderer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think sometimes we do put ourselves in a position to where we may think like, well, they deserve this. And who are you? Who are you to say with someone, you know, what they deserve? And and so, you know, I kind of got off on a tangent, but <laughs> my point was like, no, there is no requirement for you to become best friends and buddy-buddy and, and, you know, that sort of thing. But also don't limit the father. He can restore and there can be, and, and to me, it's even... It's an awesome thing for there to be uh retribution. And I and, and I also don't want this to just be locked into the box of sexual assault because right. this can, you know, this can apply to so many other things. You know, there are lots of familial uh family relationships that have been broken, or even, you know, people who have gone through divorce and you know, all these things. Am I saying you gotta go remarry that person? No. <laughs> Am I saying that you should. You can't, you shouldn't uh, be able to be in the same room and, you know, kind of like you were saying, Tori, be court-like. No, that's not correct either. So we shouldn't limit the father is really what I'm saying.
1: I definitely, just kind of wrap around to your point, Alicia, about forgiving and not forgetting, because, and not to go into too much detail again, but me and my mom had a very rough relationship and we're good now. And, you know, she would say stuff like, I, I just haven't forgiven myself for you know the things that I did, and I remember it, I was like, "You're the only one thinking about it," and I guess my point to that is that how you were saying, Alicia, you can't limit the father, mm-hmm. like. They you don't know what they're going through. Like they on the outside, it may look like their life is all together, but they could be punishing themselves as well. So I definitely I see your point, Alicia. It's important to definitely make sure that you've forgiven them and forgiving yourself. And, you know, you're not holding them contempt because you, well, I'm not even going to touch that, but making sure that, you know, we're not holding them in contempt because, you know, scripture t- tells us about that. Like if we don't forgive, the father can't forgive us. Right. But also, you know, it, and I just think about that. Like if I had just ke- held on to all this stuff from my childhood, my grand- ke- my kids might, might not even know their grandmother. And, you know, and even when she told me, she was like, I have to forgive myself. I'm like, you just don't know what that other side is going on. So I feel like the forgive and not forget is, it, it Like you were saying, Christy, it can be used to hold on to bitterness. Mm-hmm. It can be used to as an excuse for all type of things. But, you know, also just be led by the Holy Spirit. Use your discernment. You know, the Holy Spirit will tell you who not to go around if you listen. That's you good. know, and the Holy Spirit will also tell you to let stuff go. Like, it will show you who that person is. And I also think about, and not to make this Tori and Alicia show, but I think about our relationship a lot. Like, me and you could easily not be friends now. Right. but you know you still like you were saying
0: just goes back to don't limit the father so yeah oh, no Tori like I'm so glad you used that example especially like with your mom because and, and I'm trying not to even tear up because that's exactly what I mean by not limiting the father because it was so beautiful to watch you guys reconnect and to watch you guys rebuild and just like you said like <laughs> Roro and Lala, they're, they're they tight. They're really tight, you know? And, and I'm just so thankful that you allow the Holy Spirit to do his work, to do his part. And the same thing on the other end, because how beautiful. I'm just so thankful. And it's a great example. And it's a great, you know, people need to hear more about that that you can rebuild, that you can forgive. Same thing, you know, like with us, that you can get over it and be stronger and be better. Like as kingdom ambassadors, that should be the norm. Not, yes, you know, this happened and we may even deal with the hurt, but I never want to talk to them again. And it's like, but are you here for real? Like, I mean, and and like you said, use discernment. I'm just going to put a pen right there (laughs) because (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if y'all can handle
2: everything that comes out of our mouth. People already probably want to fight me. So Crystal, what did you have to say about that? One thing that um, Tori said was, I, and I think it was pivotal in my forgiving someone was that you never know what someone else is going through. Getting yourself out of the equation and thinking about what somebody else might be going through is hard, but it really does help a lot. Um, to kind of get yourself out of the equation and be like, you know what? This person might be going through something or they might have some issues themselves. They might've been traumatized in some type of way, form or fashion.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So ladies, what would you say to someone who is having a hard time letting go of their hurt? What would you say to them? I'll start. And actually, I'm not gonna start. I'm just gonna share this, that dad said in a session with us, and he said that women can be like stamp collectors. And you know what? That statement, I was like, first, I was like, what does that even mean? Because, <laughs> anyway, I was like, what does that even mean? But, you know, we have to be careful because, and I, I do, I know that the Father, He has just created us so wonderfully and to the point where we're able to remember things and multitask and be effective and all those sorts of things. But also, I think that the enemy uses it to his advantage and will try to get us to hold on to things. So when he said that women can be like a stamp collector, what he meant is we remember every little thing, every little bitty thing that happened and that occurred. And so he was using that in the framework of marriage and how as when we're married, like we got to throw the stamp collection away and to forgive and let forgiveness abound and not keep track of every little thing and keeping score. So one thing that I would say is throw the stamp collection away. So what about you guys? What would you say to someone who is having a hard time of letting go of pain, of trauma?
2: What would you say to them? I think it's multifaceted. I think that there's so much to someone who might be having a hard time letting go. They might want to let go, just don't know how or are afraid to let go. So I think it's just so much to that. But finding out what the root of them not letting go is. Are you afraid to face what you went through or um, do you need help learning how to let this thing go? Because I know for a long time for me, like you, like we've talked about, coping mechanisms was my solving to let letting things go but it really wasn't letting anything go and i thought it was i was letting it go but i wasn't so i think it's just so much to that like you said crystal get
1: to that root and uproot it and let it go you know so that you can have that true shalom you can have that peace stress will kill you we're supposed to have the joy from the father the father don't have pain coming from him. The father don't have like just tired and I can't do nothing right. I'm beat up and broke down. Like, and even I was just thinking about the other day when Yeshua, um, when he told them to put their uh, their nets back in the uh, water and they were fishing and they got and they had so much fish. It was just an abundance. Or even when he um, blessed the two loaves and the five fish. And if you read it, it says the people ate till they had enough. And I'm just like, the father does stuff in abundance. He don't do nothing halfway. So we cut him off from doing things for us and through us. So we got to let it go. Like we need to be seeking wholeness to be what the father wants us to be. Let it go so you can be who you are meant to be. Like that's just an attack from the enemy. Yeah. Now, as you say, Alicia, I'll put a pin in it right there. But (laughs) yeah.
0: Yeah, no, you ladies both made really good points. And I would say to that person who is still in that, like, why me place, why not you? And that may seem harsh, but think about about the father and think about how he must have felt when the people, the beings that he created that were a part of him, that he duplicated himself, even even before uh, Haba and Eve, or even before Adam and Haba or Eve, even Satan, how he created him. And, you know, and all of those angels who were deceived and who turned their back on him. And yet he still cared enough about us to set things in order. Like what if he wouldn't have let go? Where would we be? So if he can experience that betrayal and, you know, and all of those things, but he is still him, he he still sits on the throne. And not only that, he has made a way for us to have redemption. And so that we can also forgive, we can receive forgiveness. We can be cleansed. We can be whole. Like it's so much bigger than that one moment. There's so many other things that the father wants from us you know, outside of that divorce or, you know, that sexual assault or that betrayal, whatever it is, you know, he's bigger than that. And so I think we really, you know, kind of like you were saying, like we we give that stuff too much airtime. We give it too much airtime. It's just a moment. And if we would just allow, you know, <laughs> I'm reminded of what dad would always say. If you be more thankful, you be more thankful. And I was about 20... old am I it wasn't that long ago that I realized thankful wasn't a word like this whole time I thought thankful was a word and it's not but listen the the same work if you be more thankful you'll be more thankful and gratitude will take you a long way so I think that you know we definitely need to need to have a grateful heart because it could have been it could have been me what if the father chose not to forgive me Yeah, Yeah,
1: and one thing that even as this podcast has been going on, one thought that came up was just, like, how much time people spend thinking about self, you know, and just how much, like, we can become our own idols if we allow it, or we can allow those emotions to just, you know, like you were saying, we just give them too much airtime, because I, I, and and as this was going, I was thinking about this, uh, I know this woman from my childhood, she had actually you know, committed suicide, and I was having a really, really hard time, and just kind of what you was saying, I was, uh, I got prayer for it, and, well, I went and requested prayer for it, let me say it like that, and, you know, one thing that Dr. Larry said, imagine how I feel, and I, and it was just like, like, my mind was just completely blown, it's just, I put a pin in it right there, (laughs) we really got to make an exchange in our thoughts, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, and and I'm glad that you brought up that example. Um, because, and it's not to diminish or minimize those feelings because they are valid. Like you did, of course you, you felt concern and a sense of loss and loss is a tough one. I think that when it comes to dealing with grief and loss, we're all going to experience it. You know, we're all going to go through it. And just to be transparent, I, let me see, eight months ago, I lost my husband's mother and it was completely unexpected, completely, you know, like I had seen her earlier that day. We were really close, you know, we were building, you know, our relationship and I was uh, nine months pregnant, you know, very much pregnant at that point. And, and it was tough. You know, my husband lost his mom. That was tough. But when I tell you, I learned so much about the faithfulness of Yohaba. And I'm just, you know, that peace that we were talking about that surpasses all understanding. That I have I have never experienced a peace like I did in that time. Like, Yohaba, he was so faithful. Faithful and he kept us and he's still keeping us. And so I'm just so thankful that, you know, even though yes, we loved her, but he loved her more. And he created her. He knew her, you know, through and through. And so this place that we're living in is temporary. And so I was just glad that, you know, I had the knowledge to know, like, I'm not gonna blame the father because it's the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But the father comes to give us life and that more abundantly. And that's what we are able to experience, especially when we receive salvation, that it's not the end. You know, we have eternity to spend. She's just not here. There's so much more that I could say about that. But even to that person who may be dealing with grief and, you know, dealing with loss, the father is able to help us through, help you through that too. My, my prayer is that you would just be encouraged. And that you would lean into him; he cares for you. That you would cast your 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 thoughts and uh, your anxieties on him and rely on the word. It applies to that area too. So I just I definitely wanted to to insert that.
2: Just to add to what you were saying is so true about like grief and loss. I lost my father when I was 13. And that was really hard. It was hard to accept. Um, I didn't accept it for a long, long time. I was in that denial stage for a very, very, very long time. But it actually did, like you said, it did take the father to heal those areas. And I had so many questions like, why did he go? Why did this happen? Why did that happen? And it was just so many unanswered questions. But the father was able to just give me so much peace, even at a young age about his passing and because he was actually not in my life, but I ended up getting a lot of peace about why he wasn't in my life. Like Tori had mentioned, and we had talked about was I finally got to a place where I realized that he had gone through some trauma himself and he just didn't know how to be a father. And because of that, I started accepting him passing, accepting him not being in my life, and getting that peace from the father. So, I just wanted to add to what you were saying, and it it is hard. It's definitely hard to lose someone, but um, it really does take the father to truly heal those areas.
0: Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, ladies, for um, you know for sharing and being candid and talking about you know such. I guess you could say taboo topics and your personal experiences. I really appreciate that. And I appreciate you listeners as well for tuning in. We pray that something that was said was helpful to you. We always would love to connect with you. We are all a part of Empowerment and Faith Kingdom Center, where we, this is a great, we have a great opportunity to learn about the laws and to learn who we are and to study. So if maybe that is you and you're not knowing where to start, we have great resources on YouTube. Just search for EOFKC. You can search by subject. If if maybe you're dealing with offense, there are several teachings on that particular area, all of those things. So definitely just wanted to, to put that out there. And with that, we say thank you for listening. We hope that you'll join us again and shalom.